This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. Oh, man. Welcome back to the Heroic Council. My name is Jeff Gibbard, and I am your host today. Boom. And I have two of the Heroic Council members with us, Parshel and Sarah. Welcome back. It's great to see you both. We haven't done this sort of thing with just the three of us in a while. Great to see you too, Jeff. Happy to be here. Today's going to be fun, I think. So we're going to talk about uh, motivation hacks for when you're feeling unmotivated. I'm really glad that I get to host and talk to the two of you about that because I'm pretty sure you're going to have different methods of getting there. Um, I have a few, but I'm really going to be leaning mostly on both of you for this. But for the audience, those of you tuned in right now, uh, if you want to follow along with the Heroic Council in general, like maybe subscribe to our podcast, give it five stars on iTunes. I don't know. Sounds like a good idea. Superheroinstitute.org slash heroic. That's where you can get all of it. Any podcast network you use, any one of them, except the ones we're not on yet, as well as uh, links to our YouTube uh, where you can follow along. You can also follow along on Facebook and all the different places. I mean, at this point, you probably already know. Also, Sarah's LinkedIn. You can follow on Sarah's LinkedIn, but not not mine. And, and not ourselves. <laughs> One day, one day we're going to get, we're going to be everywhere. Yes. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be everywhere. phenomenal. All right, let's talk about this whole thing about motivational hacks for when you feel unmotivated. I can tell you, um, I've had a really, really rough two months. I don't know how you guys have been, but I've had a rough motivation two months. Um, my parents came in for about a little over a month to come and meet their grandbaby, which was awesome. But it definitely left me feeling like, oh, man, I don't really want to do any work at all. And then the aftermath of that after they left was like this, this void. I was like, well, the parents are gone and I should be working, but I don't know what to do because I spun everything down. So I'd have this time and bah. So this episode is very appropriate because um, I'm still working on this. So let's just start here. Um, do you guys deal with this thing where you get unmotivated from time to time? Or are you guys both just like crushing it all the time? Sarah, I'm not even starting with you. Shall we got to start with you? Because I see your stuff coming in like in the evenings. I get like these email notifications. That you've just been crushing it and can't even start with you. I'm not ready for this. Marshall, though, do you do you, ever, you get unmotivated at times, right? Yes, of course. I think we all hit that, you know, when, I don't know, just life happens or you just get overwhelmed or maybe in some cases for me, something emotionally triggers you and you don't even know where it came from or whatever. And next thing you know, it's kind of creeped into other activities, other, other, you know, especially work and when you're trying to grow your business. So I definitely can relate to that. And I feel like it always ends up kind of being tied to something else something from my past or something that just kind of got me off and now i feel overwhelmed i feel like i can't do it i feel like what's the point you know i do struggle with that from time to time so definitely feel you on that i appreciate your awareness about that and like just sharing that um thank you that's that's like a very open and vulnerable way to, to bring that up because i can tell you that that's something that i've only recently learned is an actual thing because my thing is like, oh, I have my armor up, everything's fine, nothing gets in, I'm strong, I'm everything. And then I talk to my therapist, I'm like, oh, well, that's why I haven't done anything in the last three weeks, because all that schmutz. So I really appreciate that, like, that's like a thing, like, our emotions actually can get in the way of us doing things. We're not like these productivity robots. But speaking of productivity, and getting stuff done, and shedding our armor to to be about that. Sarah, what about you? What do you find yourself um, struggling with with times where you feel unmotivated? I can't I can't visualize it that you do, but I'm sure it does happen. Yeah, 
definitely. I mean, I think it happens to everybody and it just happens in different forms or it manifests in a different way. Um, I think for me, because I am usually very highly motivated, I am a person of action. I think it, it can end up affecting me even more. You know, Friday afternoon, I actually wasn't even feeling very well. And I just, I wasn't focused. I was having trouble working. Um, it might've been because my husband and I were trying to do a juice cleanse, which that's a different story. Um, but I just, for me, I think it actually, when it does happen, it even affects me more because then that starts to feel like I'm a failure. I'm wasting time. So I, I might mentally struggle with the negative side effects of this even more than somebody else does, because I just feel like I should never feel that way. And that's a, that's a hard thing when I do feel that to be like, it's okay. Right. Like take a break and go do something else and reset yourself. So it's, it's important for me to be reminded of that as well. It happens less frequently, but it's certainly when it happens, it's like, I got to pay attention to that. And I got to pay attention to my body. Also, um, I remember when I was in college, I would get sick over the Christmas, you know, winter break almost every time because I feel like I would just push to the finish line. And then my body physically was saying, the only way we get you to rest is if we, you're sick or you're not feeling well. So I think it just, yeah, it affects everybody differently, but it can be, it's a big deal. Do either of you let yourselves have um, that time where you're like, how often, I guess I would say, uh, I would ask is when you feel that lack of motivation, how often do you let yourself just be rather than fight it? Because um, today we're talking about hacks to get over it. But how often do you let, like, how do you have a level that you think is healthy for yourself? Do you have a level that you think is objectively healthy? Like, how do you approach that? Just letting yourself like be unmotivated. Sarah, I'm gonna start with you on that, by the way. Well, I think the biggest thing is recognizing like when there is a physical thing going on or there's a mental thing where you just you just are struggling to focus. Like, I think it's really important to honor that. So I rarely, you know, kind of stop early or have a unproductive moment. But Friday afternoon, I really just felt like I hit a wall and I actually I did take my laptop, but I went and laid down in the bed and I, I, I took a break. Like, I just. I was honest with myself that now is not my best time to focus. But here's what I think is really important is, yeah, it's a really comfy pillow. But I think what's important to remember is like when you do take these breaks, and I know this because every time I allow myself to take a break, I actually come back stronger. And I come back with a clearer mind. I can get more done the next day or the next, you know, work day than I did in that moment when I was trying to put through. So I think we feel like we've got to push through, we've got to push through, like we're trudging through mud, but it's so important for everybody to recognize, no, like stopping is actually the way to help you be more productive the next go around. And that is so hard to live in the moment, but I really do. I really do give myself those breaks because I, I need it. And it just, we need to rest and reset. There's just no question. Yeah. Parshall, yeah, you're I was going to say, you're, you're probably of the council members, you probably are the one that I think is most in tune with like what's going on with you. Like, I feel like you have the greatest sense of what's going on internally, mentally, emotionally, physically, and probably are the one. So I'm really, I'm, I'm going to be looking to you here. I'm curious about how you allow yourself to just be with the unmotivated and to be with not being productive because you're going to be sort of anchoring for the rest of the team here about 
what it is to give into that motivation. So I'm really curious, just Nat, don't feel like you have to live up to anything now, but like, how do you <laughs> deal with it when you're feeling unmotivated? How often does it happen? How often do you let yourself be, be in that space? I probably say, um, weekly or every other week or so there's some sort of, and I call it like a breakdown, right? You're going along and then there's like a breakdown. You need to take a pit stop. And what I've realized is that every time that I have this breakdown, it always leads to a breakthrough in some way, right? Because I get to the other side of it. There's an acknowledgement of what actually has happened. And then I feel like I'm strong at the other end, kind of like what you were saying, Sarah. It's like when you do allow yourself to rest or to acknowledge where you are and to, to know that it's not bad, it's not the end of the world, um, that for me, for whatever reason, just re-energizes me because I actually, actually gave myself a little bit of attention. Like if we go back to being kids, I know that for me growing up, like being seen and being heard, even when you're having a bad day, there wasn't a lot of acknowledgement for that. It, it just wasn't there. It was just like, well, you know, wipe your tears away. Like, don't, you know, just push it to the side and just keep going. Who cares? And I think that when I do give myself that acknowledgement to be like, I'm really tired right now. Like I can't talk to another person or whatever. And I just, I'm, it's like I'm parenting myself in the way that I wish that I was, if that makes sense. And so for me, when I do have those breakdowns, it's just, it's like, I, I embrace it differently, you know, instead of beating myself up and getting down because I'm feeling like I'm slowing down. It's actually like, you know what, my body, my mind, um, they're all communicating something to me. And those signals are what I then take as information and then say, okay, what do I need to do? Okay, I just need to go to the beach for the afternoon instead of being in front of the computer or whatever. So what are um, what are some of either of your methods uh, when you decide to give into being unmotivated and just taking that time to recharge, recoup? I know for myself, I, I somewhat combat um, what I would consider kind of like very positive, uh, like working on myself type traits. There's like very like rest, relaxation, mindfulness type stuff I do. And then there's sort of like some slightly self-destructive stuff that I do when I'm like, I don't want to work, but I'm just going to do this thing. And then there's always, you know, obviously the sort of kind of everything in between. So I know for myself, like sometimes it's like, I just know that I need to play video games for like six hours. Like that's just going to be the thing that I need to do. Sometimes it's like, you know what, I'm going to go out and get drunk tonight. And that's just kind of like what needs to happen here. I just feel like I haven't had time for myself. I'm rebelling. I'm going to go out, get a little drunk, come home, start the day fresh tomorrow. And there's times where like I'll meditate and, you know, just try and like get myself back into it or, or do something positive. How, how do you both deal with um, giving into it? Is it, do you, do you have like a method of like, oh, I'm always going to like, I will read a book when I feel that way. And that'll be like, I will make sure that if I'm not going to be productive, I'm at least going to be, I don't know, productive productive, I guess. That's, that's kind of what I picture Sarah does is like, she's like, I'm going to organize my files and that's how I'll relax. But I'm curious, like what, you know, are you guys on that same spectrum of like, sometimes you have to fight against like the, 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 you know, in, the angels or the demons of our nature. Uh, how do you go about, you know, what are your, what are your methods of giving into that? I uh, definitely organize sometimes when I want to relax. Fine. Nothing wrong with it. I do too sometimes. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
very cathartic. But I think what's what's important is to sort of recognize, and, and Parshel's probably great at this, like the magnitude of what you're facing. So sometimes it's just, I can't stare at this screen anymore. Like I'm having trouble writing this one sentence. I need to go make a cup of tea and come back. And other times it's more of, I need to be done for the day or, you know, I need to go and go out for dinner. Like I physically need to leave my location, my office, my house, wherever I am. So I think it's important that there, there isn't like a, oh, that's the one thing I need in that moment. I think there's different levels of this and how you can combat some of these things can be, can be very different. Um, um, I'll share one of my hacks. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but one of my hacks is like, when you're not feeling motivated, Actually, there's a lot of things that you can still do. Like Friday afternoons seem to be a wasted, dead brain power space for people. But like, that's a great time to organize files or to scoot through your email or to plan your next week. Like some of those lower energy tasks are just a great way to be like, I don't have to be writing like an award-winning book right now. It's okay that I'm doing a lighter energy activity because I'm just not feeling it right now. And then other times it means I'm done for the night and like, let's go out for dinner. So I think it just depends on where you're really at in that moment and what the right recipe might be to help you get out of it. Yeah. Tim and I sometimes talk about this because he talks about being able to have like a YouTube video essay on while he's doing work. And I'm like, I literally would get nothing done. I would just watch <laughs> that video. Right. But there are, you know, we, we unpacked a little bit more and there are some tasks that I feel like I can do and have like a movie on or something like that because they're just no brain power. It's like, I'm editing this photo. Like I'm using a different part of my brain entirely than like the one that, that needs to use language and, and critical thinking and creativity in a certain way. Like I can just use a different part of my brain. I'm good there. So I really mm -hmm. appreciate that. Like, it's almost like identifying like what part of your brain do you actually need? And then I think the, the severity thing is like a really interesting thing. Cause sometimes I find when I, when I hit that wall, it's like, there is no gradation of it. It's just like done. <laughs> Got nothing empty, not working fried. Um, so I appreciate that. Like there is actually a, a good reason to think through like, how serious is this? Do I just need a walk or like, do I need a vacation? Um, well, and that's kind of where we're getting to burnout, right? Yeah. Because like, if we don't allow ourselves to take these mini breaks along the way, like burnout is inevitable. So it's important. Yeah. That's true. And I love what you said, Jeff, too, about like when your mind needs to be fully engaged in something versus when you can just, you know, put something together and have something on. I literally just did that yesterday for a couple hours and I was watching Family Matters. Like, why not? Just take Amazing. it back. Because, you know, honestly, sometimes when I watch those old shows, because they're coming back on Hulu and stuff like that, it just makes me feel like uh, being home after school and doing your yeah. work. You know what I mean? So it kind of creates that environment, which is really cool. Um, but the other thing, too, we talk about embracing that time. For me, I found that I have like this little notebook. It's like really skinny like this. And it's like that way for a reason. But um, literally, I'll put down like the top three things that need to happen for the day. And then I write a bunch of other stuff down after that you know, in hopefulness, right? And so for me, sometimes I feel like I'm able to embrace, you know, I am a little bit tired, I need a break or whatever, once I'm able to see, well, you know, I just, I've already got two things of my priority list done. One more, I'll do that after I take a break, you know, or let me get this done. And that way the priorities that need to get done are done and everything else is just like extra bonus points or whatever for the day. So that helps me too, to feel like, okay, it's okay to, 
step away because my priorities or my goal for the day, you know, has been complete, at least one of them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then for me, that makes me feel a little bit better about saying, you know, it's okay. I can just like step away for a few minutes. Is that the same or a different system that you would use on a regular basis for taking down priorities? Like, would you approach any normal day this way? Or is this sort of like a get yourself out of a funk? (laughs) Oh, this, this would be like a normal day. And then as I started doing that, I realized that, you know, for the other bonus things that I had down, they weren't necessarily priority, but they, you know, they could get done the next day or move to, but I just have it there for that time of like, all right, I want to watch family matters and I can do those things, you know, or whatever. So, and saved by the bell, I saw it back too. So I'm about to jump on that next. Well, also there's a new season of that, but we won't even get into that. All right. So (laughs) let me ask you guys, this is, um, cause I want to move to talking about the hacks to get yourself out of being unmotivated, but I think a helpful context is to start with how do you get yourself motivated in the first place on a day where you're feeling perfectly normal? Like we're not talking about coming out of a deficit, we're starting from square one, starting from zero. How do you get yourself to begin taking down your task list? Um, I know for myself, momentum is a big deal. So if I don't work on my task list on a Monday and have that set for the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is going to be much harder for me. So I know that I'm I'm very much um, committed to my calendar and my task list driving me because I need to have something that I can kind of quickly, readily access so that I can just kind of hit the ground running. Because if I have to figure out what I'm doing, then it's just all going to go haywire. So what's your process on a, on a standard day just to get things moving forward? And then we're going to move to the hacks. Uh, definitely so, say for me, I have my, I have my, you know, my routine morning routine and that usually starts the night before. And it's like, that's where I have to start thinking about the next day to get myself prepared. Um, it motivates me to get, you know, the hours of sleep that I need, and to, and to get up on time, you know, and then, uh, and usually just in my routine, I have things that kind of motivate me or center me to begin with. So usually it's like how I start the day is my start for being motivated for anything for the day. That's me. Can you share what that sort of runway looks like in the morning? Um, I know for myself, I've done, uh, the, like the whole, like Michael Phelps, small wins type thing where like, I'll like make the bed, brush my teeth. And I check all of those off my list. And by the time I get downstairs, sit at my desk, I've got like six things checked off my list. I feel great. I'm hitting the ground running. Do you do something like that? Or like, how do you go about your morning? Yeah, I do. I do usually write down what my morning routine is. Like I actually write it down. So that way I can check it off. Even though I check it off every day or whatever, it's there. And that definitely gets me going. So like I write down, I got to, because I'm looking at it right now, journal, meditate, stretch, watch my mind movie. I created my own mind movie and then review my goals and then get going. So explain yeah. the mind movie. I've yeah. Never I was like, <laughs> yeah. We're going to so have it's, to. <laughs> it's like a, it's basically a vision board, but you know, you take pictures and then put it to music or actually use video components to look at what you're envisioning for your, for your future. So I just started that uh, a couple of weeks ago and put it to a song and it's just different imageries that come up that just remind me of, you know, the things that I want to accomplish. And so actually watch this, like a three minute thing. And I just watch, just watch it. That's awesome. It's video affirmations. That's amazing. Yeah. Dig it. It's more energizing than reading it. Like you're one, you're seeing it, which really helps you visualize, but it's just like the music kind of pumps you up and gets you revved up. That's really cool. Yeah. 
Sarah, what's your move in the morning or a standard day to get yourself moving in the right direction? Yeah. So like partial, mine starts the night before and it really starts like the afternoon before whenever I'm wrapping up for the end of the day, I do a cool down and that includes just 15 minutes of really prepping for the following day. So I'm setting my three priorities. I'm making sure I've got time, you know, physically blocked up on my calendar to get those things done. And I also like to plan a little bit of fun in there because so often we you know, we've talked about this before, but like we don't take time to celebrate. And I think that when we don't plan for the fun, the fun, now this sounds bad, but the fun can like creep in during the day. Whereas if you know, like at six o'clock, I'm going to be done. I'm going out, you know, for dinner with my husband. It, it actually motivates you during the day to finish your stuff and get it done. Where if you're like, well, I could go meet him for lunch. Or like maybe we're having dinner. Like I think it just don't get distracted about what can I do for fun right now during the day, plan the fun, <laughs> make the fun happen. And then it's a reward when you're done at the end of the day. So I take that time at the end to plan the next day. And then in the morning, I'm a big, like, I love to work out in the morning and it's not, I've really come to notice over time. Like this isn't about my fitness. I'm not the fittest person in the world, but I really know that that like, win in the morning and pushing myself and sweating and being like, oh my gosh, I just did that. Like that motivates me so much. And the days that I don't do it for whatever reason, I'm just, I'm more sluggish. Like it energizes the heck out of me. So I just, I think that's a really big deal. And then I need to do yoga or stretching because, you know, getting up there in age and I sit in a chair all day. So I really notice that like the stretching and the, the yoga and, and being limber is really big deal to help me not be sore, like, you know, cracky <laughs> during the day. Wow. I, I will still never understand anyone who is energized by morning workouts because I want to die after my morning work. I hate them. I hate every morning. I Last week, I switched one of my morning workouts to an afternoon workout. Like It was so substantially better for my mood and everything. I just... I think it's just because I, I hate everyone and everything in the mornings until at like 10 o'clock. <laughs> then I'm like, yeah. I'm okay. But when I do those morning workouts, like it does not energize me. It kills me. And I feel like I am dragging my butt into the first meeting of the day. So I will never but understand. But I think but that's key, right? You got to know like yourself, we, right? We've all shared something different. And like, I, I always say too, like, if you're not a morning person, for the love of God, stop forcing it. Like, why are you like, I gotta get up at 5 a.m. and do all these things? It's like, yes. because who said so? Like, because all the books say you have to wake up at four o'clock and five o'clock and six o'clock. That's when billionaires wake up. I'm like, I don't care. I don't need to be a billionaire. And I definitely don't want to wake up. Yeah. If you told me I could be a billionaire, if I had to wake up at that time, I'd be like, I'm just going to be realistic with you. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Like if I had to wake myself up on my own, obviously I was a billionaire. I could probably have someone wake me up. Tangent. Anyway, I was like, going to say that what's, what's interesting about both of your routines. And I just want to like throw in from like the Jeff Gibbard brand of neurodivergence is that, um, I would not be able to do a day-to-day -day thing. I actually only work in week sprints. So this is why like my Mondays are so super critical for me is that if um, if I get up on a Tuesday and I haven't done my Monday planning, the rest of the week is basically shot unless I take Tuesday and try to do Monday, but then Tuesday is going to be shot. It's going to be Monday planning day, but on a Tuesday. So like by this time every Monday, I have my entire calendar blocked out for the week. I know what everything's going to happen on every day. And I wake up and because I'm not a morning person, I wake up and like, I just look at my calendar and I go, <clears throat> and then I grunt and I go there with my coffee. And then I start doing that work. 
But if I had to like every day wake up and go through routine, I admire it, mind you. But like, I know that when I wake up in the morning, it is just, it is a blessing that I can drink that coffee, get my wife to work safely and get in this chair. So I appreciate that. Like, we just have slightly different things there. Yeah. And but I think it's just about how you, how you start it. Yeah. And it, as long as for you, when you're getting into it, whatever, whatever gets you to that, I am Jeff, you know, like I'm here to F shit up or whatever, like, you know, like whatever gets you there, if it's coffee and just like, ah, oh, okay, now I'm ready. Like do it, do it every day, do it whatever, as many times as you have to. I mean, cause that's eventually it's like, you're getting to a point where you're just ready, you know, and you feel pretty solid and just ready to progress through the day. And I just find um, the mornings just happen to be the time where it's like, it's just silent. You know, even the the animals aren't even out yet, you know, outside you can just, it's just peaceful. And uh, yeah. I heard Grant Cardone, it was this concept of beating the sun up, like be up before the sun and before everything just starts to kick in, the distractions, the the busyness, the energy of everyone else waking up, there's less of that earlier. And so you, it's just more of a peaceful time that you can center on yourself that way. That's how I see it too. I'm like, yeah. I'm beat the sun up and then. See, I'm like, I'm going to outlast the sun. Oh, you're yeah. done for the day? Guess who's staying <laughs> up late? It's this guy. So it's funny you said that about like, um, you know, whatever it works for you. Because truthfully, like, there's a lot of shame, I think, because there's a certain way it's supposed to be done, I feel like. Like, there's a lot of book miracle mornings. There's like the 5 a.m. club. There's like, nobody talks about being a night owl. And nobody talks about, you know, um, it, it, I don't want to say nobody like you know, people are saying sort of thing, but like the, the general tenor of the conversation around what it means to be productive and to be, you know, a high performer in this and that, there's a certain narrative that it's like early birds get the worm, the whole thing. And I think it took me a lot of years to be comfortable with the fact like, this is how I work and this is how I work well. And I don't need to change because somebody else says so. So if anybody out there listening is like, wow, I'm just so not fitting any of the mold that even the three of us are saying here. I say, give yourself permission to find what works for you so that you can unleash your best self to the world and stop worrying what, you know, what all the books say or what people tell you you should do or whatever. Like your rhythms are your rhythms. Your time where you feel alive and energized are your times. Um, and your way of getting yourself going is your way of getting yourself going, hopefully in a healthy way. Um, so I want to move to talking about hacks though. So let's assume now that we've, We've got our method of getting ourselves into it on a normal day. Each of us has our own unique way of starting the day, finishing out the day, going through the day, whatever. And then bam, wall. Some sort of thing is going on in our lives emotionally. Something is going on logistically. Something is going on. We didn't get enough sleep, whatever it might be. What are some of the ways that when you have that moment hit, what, what's your like step-by-step -step process? Because you have something, and, and again, in this situation, I'm going to assume that we have something important to do. Something's due end of day tomorrow. So this leaning into taking the time off is not a luxury that we have in this scenario that I'm painting here. How do you get yourself back in it when you're just not feeling it? You know, you've got to dig in and you've got to find it or you've got to kickstart that engine. What's your method? Oh, well, what I do is I often notice that if I get stuck, there is a pretty good chance that it's because I don't know what to do next. And so I've really done a lot of work around trying to get my, my to-do list in such a way that these are actionable things that I actually can accomplish. Because what I was noticing really when I was working, uh, 
with other other people in, in my previous business was that I would get a, an assignment basically, right? And it would be do this thing. And then I would sit down to do this thing and get stuck. And I realized that I was stuck, not because often because I didn't want to, or like I wanted to procrastinate because I just didn't really know what I was supposed to do. So I would feel unmotivated. I would feel a lack of focus. I would feel like, I, maybe I'll just like move that to another screen and work on this other thing first. And it was for me often because I just didn't know like the one thing I could do next, the next step. And even if that step was, I need to go ask that person what they actually meant by this assignment. Like, I just think we get kind of stuck with it and our wheels turn around something over and over again. And like, no, you just need to figure out what the next actionable step is. Let me ask you a follow-up question on that. Uh, because I see that in kind of two different ways. In my head, it's it's almost like um, it's almost like lining up dominoes, right? So yeah, is your was your because um, let me say I say this, the way that I see it in my head is I would want to know if this is the end thing that needs to get done. I would want to work from there backwards and line up all of the different things. So then I then it was time I could just work on the first thing and then the second thing. I'd line up like one through the end destination. But from the way you said it, it sounds a little bit like you're saying, just figure out what the next thing is. And are you saying, find out what the next thing is and let and let momentum take over? Are you saying, find out what the next thing is? And then after you're done with that, figure out what the next thing is and figure out the next thing. Like, how are you building it as you go? Or are you thinking with the end in mind and, and working backwards, setting up all the pieces and then giving yourself the room to run? Like, what's the method yeah. you use? Well, in a perfect world, right, our, our manager or boss would come to us and be like, Hey, Parshall, here's the end goal. Let's talk through all of the perfect steps to get us there. And we'll hit that deadline by Wednesday. Like, have a great day, right? That's not reality. I think for most of us, what happens is it's like this half-baked thing kind of comes in and we're not sure. So, so often it's this song and dance of we have to take a step before we can even know what the next dominoes are. Like that step might uncover something. It might uncover a, a whole nother, you know, avenue that we need to explore. We might figure out we don't even have the budget to do that thing or the tools to do that thing. So I... I would love if we could line up all the dominoes. Like that is the that is the goal, right? I think your goal should be to line up all the dominoes, but not get stuck when domino four is a little vague. Don't let domino four disrupt all the other dominoes, right? So my point is like have a general sense of where you're going, certainly. Like the end goal is this, but often we we feel paralyzed when we get stuck on one of the dominoes and they're all not right and perfect and lined up. It's like, no, then just pull out domino four and fix that one. And then you can put it back and get to five. Um, I want to ask you a follow-up on that. And then Parsha, I want to come to you on it um, and, and kind of go through a similar line of questioning. But let's assume that uh, you said most of the time when you get stuck and unmotivated, you don't know what to do next. What about the cases where you do know what there is to do next? You've got all of the different next steps. Maybe you've got too many priorities to work on. There's just some other reason. But it, but the problem isn't that you don't know what to work on next. The problem is you're just not doing it. Yeah. What's, <laughs> do you have, what's your different method in that case where the problem isn't a lack of knowing what's next. It's, it's a lack of doing what's next. How do you get out of that? 
Yeah, well, there's really a, a couple things. One is just to, to remind myself of why I need to be doing this thing. So this is so important because Jeff asked me for it and like he needs my help or a client needs this thing. So I think it's about reigniting the, the why, like why this matters, why my role in this matters and why like I'm maybe the only person that can do this. So I think reminding yourself of the value of that thing, the importance of that thing. And keep in mind in doing so, you might be like, oh yeah, I actually don't need to do this at all. <laughs> but often you're gonna really kind of reignite the, the, the value in it. The other thing I do is it is so easy to get scattered, right? We've got another tab open, another tab open, emails open. It's like, shut it down, turn it off, work on the one thing, like set the clock for, 20 minutes, get started on one thing. Like the, the multitasking isn't working. That could be a whole different podcast, but. Yeah, there's definitely, we got to talk about multitasking at some point, not today, but another time. But I want to just touch on one thing. I want to um, talk to you, Parshall, about the same idea. But when you said, remind yourself of the why, when we're talking about hacks, what that made me think of is that you have to try and find whys that are going to motivate you out of that. Because when you said like, oh, I need to do this because so-and-so asked for me. If you're the type of person that's like, I don't care what somebody else wants. I don't care what somebody else, <laughs> like that hack wouldn't work. That that why would motivate you. But if you can figure out, like I respond to social pressure. I respond to, um, you know, how people think of me. I respond to, you know, potential uh, punishments. I respond to incentives. Like giving yourself um, methods of being able to get out of those traps by figuring out what your triggers are is probably a really smart hack around how do you get yourself out of being stuck? Well, find the thing that, that works for you. Like if somebody was like, Oh, well, what would a superhero do? I'd be like, ah, you got me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, so I, I totally get that. So Parshall, what about you? Um, you're stuck. You've got this thing that's going to be due tomorrow afternoon. You're just not feeling it one reason or another. You may have the next steps lined up. You may not how do you get yourself into the zone where you can work on the important work when something's just taking you out of it? Yeah. And you, you mentioned um, like having like, for example, accountability, like if you're accountable to someone for something, usually for me, I'm, I'm motivated that way. Like if it was something just for me, then it's like more likely to be at some point on the back burner, I'll push it back. But usually the things that need to get done, you know, they're usually for someone else. So a lot of the activities that I do have to do are always like somebody needs it. And I'm definitely motivated by that. So I remember who the person is, like Sari talked about the why. Well, the why is, it's like someone asked me to do this. I said that I would do it. You know what I mean? Like everything on my list is something that I agreed to do. Um, so that kind of comes back into my remembrance. And then from there, I just kind of think of a strategy, like really start to break it down. Like, what do I actually need to do here? So a lot of times for me, that might be uh, video editing. For example, I need to get something edited. Video editing can be very unmotivating <laughs> if, you're <not> like, <laughs> if you're not there. And so um, for me, I just have to strategize and like really break it down into smaller chunks of what needs to be done first. Like, all right, first I need to cut up all the audio piece first, right? Then I'm gonna do this next. And it's actually break it down that way and create a list that I can start checking off. That gets me like going. So even the first thing, start new project in Final Cut Pro, check, you know, <laughs> do this next. And I have to break it down that way just to 
kind of get me in motion. So I'm the type of person as an achiever that just likes to make lists. And I find that when I do that and strategize my list and then start to do it, I actually just get in action towards it. And that's really the ultimate goal. I feel like it's just to get in action because it's not like we're incapable of doing these things. It's not like we don't know all the time how to do it, you know, if it's on your list. So um, for me, it's just like, okay, I'm stuck. How do I get in motion? And for me, I just have to make a list. That actually um, brings up a question that I would have for both of you, because it, it, you, we've all kind of danced around it a little bit, but um, Parshel, you've talked a number of times about, you know, your notepad, the list you make, the particular type of paper you use. I'm curious, what are the tools that both of you are using to enable you to get unstuck, to get you moving in the right direction? Um, you know, and not just by tools like, is it paper or is it an application, but is there a particular format? Do you like drawing circle bubbles versus square bubbles? Do you mind map versus writing out a list? When you write a list, is it bullets or is it checkboxes? Like, are there certain little quirks about all of these tools and the systems you use? Do you find, make it easier for you? Parshel, you mentioned an achiever. I'm assuming you're talking about your three Enneagram. So the the checking off is an achievement into, uh, into and of itself. And for Enneagram threes, achievement is a big motivator. Um, so, so talk to me a little about the tools and the processes that you each use, um, that help you stay in on the straight and narrow to what you're trying to get done. Well, I've learned from both of you that yes, it's good to write stuff down, but then it should also be digital, you know? So I usually, uh, I will write things down on my list just because writing for me is also like in a, it's like, it, it's different for me than putting a task on Asana, which I do also. Sometimes I t take what I write down and then it, it ends up in Asana or whatever, but um, it's like, I, I have to write it down. And that's that's a tool for me that, that really helps out. So I write it down, it's here, and it's also on my calendar. Sometimes I actually will block out the time of when this, this thing is gonna get done. So that helps me too, um, in terms of like the tools and stuff and my methods. It's like, I have to write it down. It does need to be digital so that way I can keep track of it and search it when I need to find it or whatever. And then, and then my calendar kind of also confirms to see, you know, for my day, how's everything broken up and where can I allocate this time or switch things around? Like, especially if I'm unmotivated and there's something that has to get done tomorrow. Okay. I guess looks like I'm not going to be able to chill like I wanted to tonight. So, you know, I'm going to do this instead. You know, it is just, it's good to kind of see all those things and that combination just works for me. So when you start out, your first thing is writing it out in some way or another. And is that Correct. That's the first step. It's not, you're not going first to digital. You're always going to start with writing, right? Um, well, it, the digital is where it's, it's kept for me to reference really easily. So I will look at the digital yeah, first. But I mean, if you get stuck, write it down. your instinct would be, I need a piece of paper and a pen and I need to get this yes. out of my head. Got it. Right and, and is it, is it a visual method of getting the information out of your head for you? Or is it, is it more in language or in pictures that you tend to work with it? It's more in language. Um, when I started, one of the things that I tried, I did it for a few months. I literally would just draw a big circle and then make little pie cuts, right? And then put something on each pie. And then as I completed it, literally filled it in, like colored it in. So that was kind of cool because then you end up filling up your whole pie, right? At the end of the day or most of the pie. And so that was helpful. But for me, I, I a list is 100%. Like it just, it's just, and then I cross it off and it just, 
feels so the good best every thing time ever. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So good. Like, one Very of the things satisfying. I love about Asana is the the unicorn that they have fly by. Yeah. It's just awesome. It's Sarah, best. what about you? So I would say similar to Parshall, I though can start in the digital place. So I am using Asana for my tasks. And I love that because I am also able to share, you know, now I have somebody helping me on my team, Brenda's with me. And it's been great to be able to just, you know, if I have a task, assign it to her easily. I can add notes right in there. So digital, definitely. But where the, the paper comes into play for me is that I I'm a very, very high idea producer, like almost to the point of, I think it is disruptive to me. So what I do is I keep up a paper by a pen and paper at my desk all the time, because when I get an idea, I don't want it to distract me from what I'm working on. So I want to just physically like write it down so I can input it into Asana in the proper location later. Um, if I was, all day like i have an idea let me put it into the right place an idea let me put it into the right place it would it would completely derail me so i think my ideas are great so i want to keep them all <laughs> and i don't want to lose them in that moment but i don't want to allow all of the ideas to distract me from what i'm taking action on in that moment so i think that's going to be the only kind of in addition to what partial does and then i think the calendar is huge right you've got to make sure that the calendar is aligning with what you have to do i see that miss so often like i have all these things on my to-do list but i spent i have no time to work on them it's like right well then you're never going to get them done so the calendar really has to be a good reflection of what's on on your to-do list. So that's, that's what I do. Um, the final thing is for the day, I do like to put little post-its on my, on the bottom of my computer so that I am not going and looking at that to-do list all the time. I'm like I said, the night before I'm picking those three priorities, I'm putting them very visible to me physically. And then again, I can remove those post-its, essentially checking it off my list. Dig it. Dig it. That's awesome. I love it. And you mentioned something too, because some like I'm also an ideas person. And like I said, just having that pen and paper handy is is really, really key. And for me, I would often uh, you know, be afraid that I would lose the idea, you know, mm -hmm. or I would forget the idea. One thing I was gonna mention is that what's been helpful to me, I read this book called The Silva Silva Method. It's like a mind control book from back in the, I don't know, this guy's like in the 60s or I don't know long time ago, somewhat. And um, it's this uh, uh, essentially a way to work with your mind. So where if you do have an idea, or you're trying to remember something, how to bring it back. And so I've been practicing that recently, like it could be anything, where did I leave my keys? Or where did I? Uh, what was that idea that I had earlier today, or whatever that kind of came and went, like, there's a, a very simple way I've been able to um, kind of tap in. And just and it just comes back to me. It's crazy. Oh, so I, love I just that. wanted to mention that. Yeah, it's called the Silva Silva Method. Let me grab the book. Silva Mind Method. I'm gonna look it up. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Mind. Cool. 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 Love it. Yeah. New tools to add to the list. Well, for for what it's worth, my method. Um, I have a couple tips that I'll give as far as like how I get stuck, how I get unstuck where the tools that I use, et cetera. Um, so the one is that when I get uh, stuck, first thing I turn to is, am I well rested? Because if I haven't taken like a nap, will oftentimes get an entire week unstuck if I can just take a nap. Because I think sleep as, a, as once I hit 40, 
sleep was just like the thing. If I didn't get enough, it was like game over the whole day. Um, so first thing I turned to is sleep. Second thing is if it's like, all right, I'm well rested or this thing is so important. I don't have time for a nap, whatever. Um, I use a, a, a hack of the Pomodoro technique. I think I've mentioned this before, but the Pomodoro technique, 20 minute work, five minute off, 20 minute on five minute work, uh, break 20 minute on 15 minute break. I basically just do the first 20 minutes and then I just shut off the timer and I keep going because for me, my work is so momentum based that the hardest part always for me is not doing the work. I can lock in and do 16 hours of work straight. Like I'm, I am a machine once I get locked in, but it could take me 12 hours to get started. So if I can figure out ways to hack my start, then I can get a lot of stuff done. So that's a big thing when it comes time to, I'm feeling scattered and I'm spinning. So that's one of the, the challenges of being attention deficit is that, um, you reach this point of like just complete executive dysfunction. Like you can't make any decisions. You can't think about things. You're just like, ah, paralyzed spinning. Uh, I find that mind mapping is one of the most useful tools that I have found to get me out of it because what's going on is there's just this racing clutter of mania that's happening up there. And it, I call it quiet loud because it's like nothing. I can't decipher anything that's happening in there, but it's just screaming. It's just every thought and priority and idea is at like at a, at, at like jet engine level decibels, but I can't hear anything. So the mind mapping allows me to start to try and make order of it. And as I start to take down the things that are floating around in my head that are priorities, things to get done, concerns, whatever, as I map them out, um, it allows me to kind of quiet and start to process things externally and visually. And the nice thing about mind mapping is that um, you can move things around to kind of order things in a way that make more sense. So I love writing a mind map. Um, that's good. Like if it's like crisis, I just got to get like stuff out of my head and I'm spinning um, or if I have a really good whiteboard, but um, I use a program called simple mind because really the, the thing that I really like about using digital programs is that um, in writing, you have to like cross something out and put it somewhere else. Whereas with digital, you can just kind of drag it and drop it into the place it needs to go. And once I've found that I've got things ordered, once I have something organized in front of me, my mind quiets. And Sarah, you said something earlier about your environment. So the first thing on my Monday uh, weekly planning list on my like agenda of what to do, the first thing is turn off all notifications, clean off my desk and close all unnecessary programs. So I literally am like, like removing all possible distractions to give myself the opportunity to focus on this one task, which is organizing out my week. So I take all the things that are in the mind map. If I'm feeling kind of cluttered, I'll mind map first, and then I'll move it into my task management system. Then I organize everything, put it in its place, make sure it winds up on my calendar. And basically I'm set for the week at that point. And, um, and what I was having for the past couple months was I just didn't do that for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. So I would get to a Wednesday and I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I just had uh, a really rough run of things. And then I decided to just take control of it. And I, uh, I got unstuck by doing that stuff and getting back to being productive. All right. So, think, well, just one comment on that real quick, Jeff. I think what's interesting with what you said is that so often we feel this like runaway train. It would, ah, but that act of getting it out of your head is so critical because so often we're, 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 we are, we're spinning about stuff, but when you write it down and you go, Oh, there's just these three steps I have to do to make that thing happen. Like all of a sudden I'm not up at three in the morning worrying about it because I could just finish it. Or I know I've got time on my calendar to finish it. So it's really, I think it's a really, really critical step that you feel like you don't have time to do that because you're so busy, but that 
puts it all in perspective and you can go, oh, okay, like I got this. It's not that bad. I know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And um, it's actually helpful to hear that because I sometimes feel like my need to externally process, I feel like for the majority of my life, I felt like that's an inconvenience for all of the normal people I'm around who don't need to do that, who don't need to. And it's nice to know that like people whose brains function differently than mine also can use that and can can gain a lot of help from that and and also experience those same spinnies uh, that that uh, that some of us do. And I think spinnies can be, you know, anxieties, like worry, worry, stress, like this is call this, this word, this label we want to put on this thing, you know, this manifests in so many ways, but it's, I think most people are dealing with that in some fashion. Oh, it's good to know. All right. Well, to wrap up, um, we, we promised some hacks. Uh, I want to make sure if there's any hacks that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you both came prepared and ready with that we get a chance to talk about. And so are there any hacks left on your list to get yourself unstuck, to get yourself motivated when you're feeling unmotivated? What are some of the things you got left on your list? And if nothing, then we'll just wrap it and we'll, uh, we'll go for a nice walk outside, grab a cup of tea, something like that. What do you got? I love a work sprint. And I know Jeff, you're a fan of this too. We've done them together, but that can be a really cool way. And again, Jeff and I tend to do them. You know, we, we talked about this, uh, two podcasts ago, but we, we go the whole day, right? We go a little nuts, but a work sprint can be as short as 20 minutes, which is just getting you into the zone. And like Jeff said, I'm the same way. I set that clock so often. I just blow right past it, but getting started can be the hardest part. So I, I think a great hack is just to say, All right, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes. And if I'm not feeling it at the end of 20 minutes, I'm allowed. I have permission to take a break and go for a walk or do something else. But boy, I'm going to really give it a good effort for 20 minutes. And then more often than not, you're going to surprise yourself and get, you know, two hours done. That's huge. Yeah. A couple of things that I, that came to mind were playlists. So I do have like a playlist of things, whether it's music or like a good talking to, you know, sometimes that's also helpful. So I have like a couple of playlists that are my, my go-tos where I like, will just listen to something motivational. I find that that's, um, that's huge. And then you guys know, I'm also a proponent for meditation. I find like just like quieting your mind as well. And just getting still, uh, is like also something that kind of gets you back into action too, because, it's like really pressing pause and allowing your mind to take a quick nap. Like you talked about taking a nap physically to me, sometimes meditation is just like taking a mental nap. You know, you're still awake, but you're just at a point where there's there, you're making no effort. There's nowhere to be. You don't have to do anything special. Um, You can just be where you are and be accepted in that moment. And so I find that that also is like just helpful too, even for like five minutes or 30 seconds, like just, breathe in and out and just allow some sort of stillness to happen um, helps me too. Yeah. So when my Apple watch pings me and says it's time to breathe, it's probably good, probably a good thing for me to listen to it is what you're saying. Um, Yeah. I appreciate that. And by the way, to the point of playlists, let me just say brain.fm is one of the best subscriptions worth paying for ever because so when I work, I can't, there cannot be a lyric like a single lyric could potentially take me out of it for the day. But brain FM is like this beautiful, like it's got focus music and it's got for like light studying versus like deep work versus creative work. And it's just an amazing. And like, you can choose within that. Like, do you want classical? Do you want like electronic or grooves? 
Um, I have, I've had a subscription now for about a month and like, it is freaking phenomenal. I used to like work on putting together these Spotify playlists. Like I have a, like a 5,000 track, uh, playlist called the sound of productivity that I would just put on shuffle and it's great, but brain FM is just absolutely Mm. magical. So strongly endorse that. Um, big, big fan of that one. Um, and then I had one other one that I was going to offer as a, a thing, but now I'm just forgetting it. Um, brain FM. Yep. It's gone. I think the other big hack is to also make sure like you're being honest with maybe your friends or your coworkers. Like it's so easy to be like, okay, I just have to push on and like never show weakness and never show that I'm not a hundred percent on right now. But like Jeff, how many conversations have have I had where where, like one of us is like, we're starving. We just, we got to end this conversation because one of us has to eat or like, we're just not yeah. in the zone to work on that right now. And I think what's healthy about our, the relationship that all of us have with each other is we can say to each other, like, this isn't working for me right now. And I think it's really important to communicate that. Now, that's not an excuse. And that's not something you can use all the time. Like if you've got a, a big, big board meeting you're presenting to and you, you know, the executives have flown in, like you better show up and put on a great show. Um, that's not the time to be like, sorry guys, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm but, hungry. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's about, you know, preparing for those moments. And then in the moments where you do have a little more leeway to just say, you know, Jeff, I'm so sorry. I, I just, my head's not in the right space. I got to cancel that meeting with you this afternoon. Can we try tomorrow morning? And be respectful of that. You know, mental health is a big deal. It's important right now. There's been a lot more awareness about it during the pandemic. So like, have grace and respect people when they say, I I just can't do this right now. (laughs) That's real. Yeah. And that that triggered for me. I remember the thing that I wanted to offer, which was, um, understand your own work style. We talked, I talked a little bit about this earlier, but like give yourself permission to work the way that you work. Like if you're the type that needs to, you, and when you said work sprints is what initially made me think of it. Like if you're the type that can plan out your day where you can every half hour, you're going to take down a different thing. Like, cool, do that. If you're the type that literally needs to set aside an entire day and like go retreat to go write your masterpiece, like work that way, but like give yourself permission to work the way that you work best. Um, because you're going to find that over time, your output, your, the quality of your work, the satisfaction with your work is just going to be so much higher. If you allow yourself to work the way that you work to allow your brain to function the way that your brain functions, just give yourself permission to do that. And hopefully throughout this entire conversation, if you took anything away from it, you take away from it, from it because it resonates with you. And because it feels like, oh, that's how I work best too, rather than that's how I should work because trying to work how you should work is just a recipe for you to consistently be fighting against the winds of like how you actually are. So find out how you like to work, how you work best, and then lean into that. That would be my suggestion. So this has been the Heroic Council. I've been Jeff. This is Sarah and this is Parshel. Heroic Council members joining me to talk about motivation. Uh, Anything y'all want to say in closing before we uh, jump off this live stream for the people? I love it. I think this is a great, great topic. And you know, we're here. We I think there's a lot of tools and things that we touched on very briefly, but I know all three of us have like we love to talk about this stuff. So reach out to us, connect with us. Like these are these are just great topics. I mean, we could do an hour-long podcast on every single one of these topics. So if one of these is interesting to you and you want to know more about it, like reach out to us. I think I don't want to speak for everybody, but I'm sure we're jazzed to have further conversations on these particular topics. Absolutely. 
And, uh, and and I think gratitude is huge as well. I think anybody who's in entrepreneurship and you're doing your own thing, it says a lot about who you are as a person, you know, um, because you could be doing something else uh, with your life. But if you, you know, and that doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs, but I know a lot of our listeners may be entrepreneurs for sure. But just uh, find the moments to be grateful that you do have such flexibility in your life and uh, to say, yeah, I'm going to figure out how I work and do it my way. I think that there's a lot of power in that, that we get to tap into and we get to discover more about what we're actually capable of doing. You know what I mean? So find out whatever works for you to get in action, because I think the end result is, 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 is beautiful. 100% 100% agree. Well, thank you both for joining me on today's Heroic Council. Listeners, go to superheroinstitute.org slash heroic. If you want to leave us a message, there's a form there you can fill out. You can recommend a guest. You can re- recommend yourself as a guest. You can recommend a topic. You can ask a question. You can subscribe anywhere where we are. So please go check that out, superheroinstitute.org slash heroic. And we'll see you next week on another episode of the Heroic Council. Thanks for joining us.